stay interested and, and it's always good to see other people's experience and you know because everybody's different every client's different every rider's different it's just kind of neat to to get the perspective in terms of of what's going on out there in the world dude 100 percent. i think that like you that's actually a great way to open this thing up because there's you know i'll even ask like patrick something and sometimes we want to hear a cookie cutter answer back because like we want to like simplify what we're doing it's like this is the thing to do right he's like well what are you trying to accomplish what's this what's the that what's the background what have you been doing da, da, da. and i'm like damn it just tell me what i want to hear yeah, i think that's yeah. what like, a lot of us want we want him just not for being lazy but we have an idea of like where we should be going with training and it's like just validate me and and that's kind of what <laughs> my first coach said one time he was like you know a lot of athletes that just buy a template not to knock it but it's like they just want something that says like this is okay to go do go do it and you'll feel good you'll have more confidence in your plan but one thing that actually sparks a question that i had um a guy had emailed me and he was trying, you could see like the wheels turning of how he was trying to set up his plan and what he wanted to do. And he like, the, it was like everything in an email, like, okay, I need to address Zwift racing. I'm going to start doing three minute efforts, which I didn't know how it incorporated, but I've been also doing 30 thirties. And I know I need to have some anaerobic capacity and like literally listen to everything about cycling. And I was just like, this is interesting. Like he just, where do you go? So I think a good first question is like, what does everybody, and there's really no, there's not a wrong answer. Um, what does everybody like start thinking of when they're trying to approach like, how, what should I train? Like if you think about, maybe it goes back to think of a non COVID year, like the season ends, you have your like last, let's say road race. And then it's like, okay, next year I want to improve on X, Y, and Z, but you have like, the season, the off season, you have, you know, then like the early season races. And it's, I don't know. I think it's interesting. Like, how do we, and I was actually asking myself that today. I'm like, how do I decide what I want to do next year? What do, how do people kind of like think about that? It's a huge question. So, I mean, it could go any myriad of ways, but um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it's important that, you know, we, you distinguish between, um, you know, individualized training, um, you know, individualized training can still be simplistic. It doesn't have to be exotic and, you know, fancy and, and every workout's different. So just because you have some specificity to, to uh, an individual's needs and their goals and where they're at and what they need to train, that doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be you know, I, I'm using the word exotic, but, but you know what I'm saying? It, mm -hmm. it can still be basic and fundamental um that that doesn't have to be lost in there yeah i think that's that's good because a lot of stuff out there is like super super complicated i've ridden with people where i'm like how do you even remember what to do they're like well that's why i have it written down like this paragraph sheet of all these like they look like codes to a video game i'm like damn that's i couldn't do that but uh what else do you guys think well hey brennan i was going to say just on that regard of like keeping notes of like things to train on if you keep good notes like in training peaks about how races went or how workouts went and i think it's a good time to reflect on those at the end of the season and that's a good way to see what you need to work on very true yeah i'm glad i got patrick actually got me to switch to training peaks because i was coached through like emailing files in uploading them there was really no note taking 
and then it was really hard like we always say it's like see the forest it was so hard for me to zoom back out and be like okay what re- how did everything really play out last year and like you know then I got into training peaks and when I first started using I wasn't making titles for all of my rides which is like um you know obviously a huge help if you're trying to look back historically like what was I doing that March before I was flying in April that's a really good point I think it's I think it's really interesting you know talking about the old school calendar um when I started training was the same deal like I I would monthly I would send my my first major coach Jason Hillmeyer Brennan I had the same like first major coach and and monthly I'd send him an email like this workout I think I did this right or blah 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 but it was all it was all through an email there was no training peaks uploading there was no I mean even the metrics being used the training plan back then was so simplistic because like just the analytics were so much less than they were even two years ago, the analytics are way different now than, than they were then. But, you know, 10 years ago, it was okay. How do you train progressively? Well, I have to add two minutes or maybe I can add per interval, or maybe I can add one interval and do shorter intervals, or maybe I can do slightly, you know, I've done these style intervals for six weeks. Now I'm going to move on to slightly harder intervals. And like, that's really the only way you could logically approach uh, progression or periodization was just just by durations and like plus or minus intensity a little bit whereas now you know we can plug a rider's info into WKO5 and look at it in all these different windows of time and you can track trends and you can model VO2 max and how that interplays with uh, a rider's anaerobic capacity or P max and all these things are interconnected and, and the ability to to understand a rider is just so much greater. Um, periodization I, for me, I think now is looking significantly different, you know, from athlete to athlete because we have a better understanding of athlete to athlete. So, yeah, uh, there was one, uh, there was one question that came in over YouTube. Uh, this is probably a decent transition from that. It was, why do high FRC riders tend to have short TTE? Has anybody else ever seen that before? I think I was, I pointed that out or I made that claim. Um, and, and I guess to answer that question, it's not that. Explain uh, those terms real quick. Okay. So yeah, your, your FRC would be your anaerobic capacity. It's a, it's a modeled quantity of work that you can do above your functional threshold power. Um, depending on how hard you're going, you're going to use up that potential quantity of work above your anaerobic, above your aerobic capacity. And when it's gone, it's gone, but it's the measure. It's the size of the batteries, FRC. And TTE is time to exhaustion at, um, at threshold. So, you know, a very highly developed road rider would have a longer TTE. Maybe that would be more of a focus to a crit rider who could have shorter TTE. And basically my, my, I guess you would call it an assumption or, um, uh, the parallel I draw between a short TTE and a high FRC is first of all, to have a high FRC that you have to train. So you're not saying like, 
well, a, a naturally anaerobic person just is going to have a short threshold. Like you, you've trained in a certain way that you have now relative to your threshold, like a larger or smaller quantity of anaerobic capacity. And when you compare that to somebody with a long TTE, I very infrequently have ever seen somebody with a very long TTE also have a high FRC. So I would say, well, okay. Good my, question. What, what do you consider a long TTE? A low TTE, 30 long. long TTE, uh, beyond an hour. Okay. Between 50, 55 and an hour and six. Like somebody can really hold that percentage of their, or really hold 100%, or if you want to think about it differently, somebody who can really hold a high percentage of their VO2 max for long, that max time. Gotcha. But, the the assumption I guess I'm making is that you know like somebody who's got uh, and there's another there's another chart in WKO five that illustrates this really well, whereas like regardless of what duration you're going, you're going to have some anaerobic contribution. And shorter TTE riders generally will have like a high really high twenty minute, a twenty five minute, thirty minute, and then there's that really big drop off, and that's either a result of a good quantity of anaerobic training or maybe not the right quantity of aerobic, sorry, of anaerobic training versus the right quantity and the right intensity of aerobic training. Does that sort of answer that? I think it's also, you know, interesting for somebody to like, how would somebody apply that to their training? If, I mean, it's kind of getting in the weeds of, uh, somebody had said, you know, Hey, I just put out a 30 second and a minute effort. My FRC went up, but now my FTP went down and it's like, well, and that's exactly like turning the dials, right? Those are all that and the time to exhaustion coming and play together. They're all, all working in a piece. So Patrick, what do you think is a good way? Like what's a pearl that somebody could take out from seeing, Hey, I've got a high FRC what's the like implications of them having a short TTE to their racing? Let's say if they're a road racer, they're doing road race and gravel and that's like their big thing. Um, or even the flip side of the equation, someone that has a low FRC, which is more common um, and maybe a longer TTE, what would you do? How would they look at that towards their training? Do you think? So I think people who tend to naturally train, <clears throat> I kind of feel like I fell into this category. I do, I do my base and then I come on a base and I would like measure my FRC and it would it'd be high, which would be like really confusing to me. But <clears throat> so somebody coming from a high FRC, they, if they're racing, uh, you know, basically let's say they're racing at the limit of their category, like they're barely a cat one. You know, and they can hang on for like a short, they can hang on for like a 90 minute race or a two hour race. But once the race goes out two and a half hours, three hours, they're struggling more in the race because as the longer you go into your, the deeper you go into a long event, the more fatigue your body's going to accumulate. And you might be able to, if you're already, if you have enough 
aerobic capacity and you're getting to the end of your event and you can and you have a high frc you're probably going to win but if you're if you're below your category in terms of aerobic capacity you're going to struggle to get to the end of that race with a with a shorter tte or a lower ftp you know that might not be true you might just have enough you know a high enough vo2 max that you know you can get by with your 35 minute tte because your 35 minute FTP is 450 or something insane, right? Like you don't really need to have um, a really strong TTE because your engine is so big anyway. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody with a, so like if you have, if you're trying to, if you're trying to be a gravel racer, you're trying to be good after five hours and you're an anaerobically driven athlete, somebody with a short TTE and a high FRC you're probably not going to make it to the end of that race. You're going to want to do things in your training to bring that down. So you have more sustainability for a long event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually what Tom wants to do with me for some races. Like the FRC that I have, I don't use because it's not good enough to win like a big race. Whereas I need to like bring a little bit of that down and make it a little bit more FTP based. Cause that's how I'm, if I'm going to, win a race like that like that's more up my alley it's interesting though like more of the conversations from like big name people are about like more is more of everything is not better because it's not possible it's like you have to lessen some stuff to make more of what you actually need so it kind of goes back to the first thing of like how are you going to train so you can win and that's tough because that's like chicken versus the egg. Like, how do you know how you're going to train to help you win if you've never won yet? If you're a cat four and you're like, I'm still trying to figure this all out. It's like, well, that's why variety is so great. Like, you know, some people are like, I'm a sprinter. Like, dude, you've been racing. You've done five races. You have no idea what you are. Like, you might be a really good time trialist. You just haven't, like, matured yet. Here's, here's a case study, exactly what you're talking about. I've got a cat four guy, <clears throat> and he's got a Pmax almost at 1500 and so he's got a 300 watt ftp and we've i've been working his time tte out it's up to a little over an hour now and i'm thinking this guy can never lose a cat four race because he's always going to be there at the end and he's going to kill people in the sprint so you know we can work on on um you know, improve, we could have improved the, his FTP a little bit, but instead I, I thought it was, if he's going to win races, we just need to extend that out a little bit and he'll never get dropped and he'll win every sprint. So now when he goes up cat three, cat two, you know, maybe you got to change it, but I mean, that, that's been my approach, at least in getting him ready for this, for this year. Um, I just feel like with the TTE over an hour, and a 1500 Pmax in Cat 4 is probably unbeatable. So, so that's a question I have as far as like training in regards to like TTE and like in like the optimized intervals, like in WKO, it's like that's like the extensive aerobics. Should you like, so being like a gravel racer solely, should like that be a focus of like extending that extensive aerobic interval out until it's like an hour? Like, you know, if it's like, if you have like a 40 minute TTE, should you like progressively try to work on like dragging that out? Like by doing, you know, 
45 minutes, 55 minutes and like testing that to see like, how long can I, you know, I have this extensive aerobic like zone. Should I try to smash that zone until I like, fall off my bike and like find out what that TTE like really is and drag it out and base it off that or like, that's like the TTE thing is always weird to me is like a training metric, like, like to use it as like a tool to, to build upon, I guess. With, I think, especially if you're thinking um, in terms of training your TTE out, I, a good place to start would be, you know, if you have a 45 minute TTE, like, okay, I want to do 102% of, of that TTE and that'll be extensive FTP work. And, you know, if, and you right. repeatedly do that kind of methodically. Um, but, but, you know, like Craig was saying, like, then you got to, you got to say like, okay, cool. Well, if my FTP is 300, is that enough? you know, if, if, or if the race I'm trying to do is that, is it going to be 300 watts for three hours? Cause then all of a sudden you're like, well, that's not, I need to be going more intensively just by the, the nature of the, the, the level of output. So, I mean, and probably the, the best way to do it is, you know, a, a little of both, like, you know, thinking extensively all the time is really important for gravel, but you also have to make sure that like, whatever watts you have are going to be enough, you know, to, to survive. Oh, sure. Yeah. James, I think of you actually a lot when we were talking about four by 10 intervals. And I think that it's interesting that the intensive aerobic, I, you know, somebody correct me on this because the, I, the shortest I've seen in a while is like 15 minutes. Does anybody know what the shortest intensive aerobic interval is? Because like the 10 to 15 minute interval is kind of lost in WKO from where I see it. And a lot of times I take the intensive and just cut it in half, but even more so like, just look at the PD curve. Um, if people aren't using WKO, basically it's just a model of what you've done versus like what the algorithm thinks you could do. And it's a good way that you can like, kind of, you don't want to chase after like little holes in this chart, but James, I think that, I've, I've gone after increasing TTE. And the one thing that I, the pitfall that I've fallen into is like any other, like soul minded metric that you're chasing. I'm like, just chasing this. Like, I'm not okay. why I'm, you know, I got too obsessed with it almost. Then I kind of, am like, sometimes I don't think like I'm going hard enough. Cause all my efforts are going in these really long, like our efforts, um, and when I think of gravel, kind of what we were talking about a year and a half ago, of like nobody was saying like, you got to go do VO2 max. I thought it was just gonna be like a long six hour race. Like these things start the first, you know, the beginning might be insanity or the insanity is at like hour three and a half. Um, so I'm, I'm torn on that. I think it's a really interesting question. Um, has anybody else had experience like their own, like, training because of TTE, like doing specific things because of it? Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's like for gravel, it's almost seems like TTE and like VO2. Like that's like those to me, like they're the two numbers like that kind of make sense. Like at least the way that I would race gravel, like so I look at like the extensive aerobic is almost like tempo-ish kind of at least kind of like for me, which like, that's like, that's where the race is like 90% of the time. But then it's like, then you skip the other zones and it's like, 
straight to like VO2, right? It's like, there's not like a, like a lot of middle ground there. It's either like zone two, zone three, or like, boom, going super hard, right? Mm. And then having to come back down to that. So it's just interesting. Like the T, I'm just like geeking out on like the WKO stuff with like TTE. I just like try to like wrap my brain around it. Like how, what, like how it fits in. Who else is doing gravel stuff and what have you found has helped you in your training? Nobody's doing gravel. Who actually is everybody here roadie? Now I'm looking around. I'm like, there are a lot of road people. Yeah. For the most part, dabbling in some mountain bike this season, which is new, but that's not that different from doing like some cyclocross racing. You know, maybe just a little bit longer, but yeah, mainly road. Yeah, it's really mostly, question. I'm mostly cycle cross. I am mostly road and trying to figure out where I could go next. I guess I'm 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 kind of the cat for rider that you described. Like, <laughs> I haven't been doing it for that long, but I wish I had been. Um, and uh, had high hopes for 2020, but um, obviously it did not pan out. So what do you think is where's, what attracts you? I think that sh should be where you go. Like what, what excites you? Sure. Um, the, the more that I think about it, it's like kind of between cross and time trials. Like um, uh, I had a, uh, a 20 minute FTP test a few weeks ago. And uh, I, I got a pretty good uh, watts per kilo going. Um, but uh, I've, I've never done any kind of uh, cyclocross races. I've, I watch them every weekend. Uh, <laughs> and um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with, with clip on TT bars and everything, but um, haven't been in an actual time trial before. Dude, that's awesome. I think that you're, I mean, it, God, this is like killing me that you're falling in love with cycling when there's no events going on. <laughs> Cause yeah. I think back to like my first year of racing, it was just like crack. It was like every week and you're like, where am I going? Where's the next group ride? I gotta like, just go really hard. But I think, you know, that's cool that you like two different disciplines because you could road race and time trial during the road season. And then as cross comes along, like, you know, start to transition and you'll see like, you're the guy that I start to not like because you take my roadie friends and you guys all start riding cross bikes. And I'm like, where'd everybody go? Where'd everybody go? Oh, they're hopping barriers and drinking Belgian beer and like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. So I think you're in a good place actually. Um, no, I don't mean to say that it's bad to have a lot of uh, different avenues in cycling. Like that'll definitely keep it fresh. Um, I think the only thing you want to be careful of is just trying to race everything all at once and like never get off the bike and do something different. Um, where do you live? What city or state? New York City. It is cold and disgusting okay. out here and everything's wet and you uh, basically everything is swift. <laughs> Yeah, which isn't bad, no. but as long as a new person, as long as you, you know, give yourself some time to, you can still, I mean, you, 
it's heavy, but you can go time trials to cross to Zwift to road. Just like you look old enough that you can be lifting, get some gym time in there. Um, you know, do a few different things just so you don't burn out because that's pretty easy to do. But yeah, I'm I'm 32 years old and my coach is actually here right now. Uh, who is Josh down there? Um, and uh, he he's been awesome. He he uh, you know, he's he's uh definitely trying to push me to do uh a lot of uh weighted workouts. Um, today was leg day, and I combined that with like abs too. Um, so he, he's been a huge motivator for me. Um, and actually one of my other teammates looks to be on this call too, um, who's Adam. Uh, so they've been great, uh, the past months here just to keep that motivation up. That's awesome, man. Josh, I'm on Dave Jordan racing. I started racing in New York, so. Nice. Very fond memories. Good times are in your future. Oh yeah. <laughs> very early races. <laughs> so how easy or difficult is it to to be, you know, just a, a strict time trial uh discipline rider as far as going out and finding those events? How far do you gotta travel? That sort of thing frequency and it's expensive arrow <laughs> yeah. um, everything um i don't really know exactly where everything is around here uh I, I i know that there's a bit of uh tt racing uh and cross races but um i'm i'm like in jersey city so i'm like kind of uh kind of the best of both worlds almost i'd say but uh most of the road racing when it's actually going on uh happens in prospect park and in central park um so those are obviously pretty close by uh but in colorado we have like full-on tt series like all up and down the front range and like a whole weekday series too of like tt races it's it's pretty rad they're all in like state parks with kind of closed roads so it's pretty awesome it's something that i've given some thought to it's like instead of doing like a weeknight crit you just go out and do like a weeknight like 30 minute smash yourself tt like you can even you don't even need like tt bike you can do it on any bike you have and like probably get a pretty good workout out of doing like a 30 minute like tt once a week yeah anything with a mercs category like mercs are old school like our style Time trials kind of evens things out a little bit in terms of the equipment choices. I think that's the toughest thing. Like at uh, the lower lower categories, is you'll have a lot of disparity in terms of what equipment folks have. And I hate to say it, but it's you know if you have a, a time trial bike, you know just in terms of position, you oh. know you don't have to necessarily have a disc. You could have a, a time trial bike just with standard shallow road wheels, but you know it's uh, still able to hold that position. That's really? funny. I came to like road racing straight out of triathlon. So I had like full on TT rig, disc, 808 front wheel, arrow helmet, skin suit. Like I won a bunch of cat four and cat five, like, like stage races, like road races, because I could just win the TT because of like, I had been doing Ironmans and stuff. So like coming to like road racing, I could just like 
do it like a 10 mile TT, like super hard because I had all the gear. Like I wasn't better than anybody. I was just like, I was way more aero. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the, the unfortunate nature of, of cycling. It's expensive. And then you get into niche parts of it and it gets even more expensive. Um, but I mean, the, the benefit is like, it, it does give you those different, different kind of, you know, like every race is, is a workout in reality, you know, it's practice, all of it's practice. Right. So it's like a lot of people are not going to go out outside of, of doing like a threshold test and just hammer for, you know, 30 or 40 minutes. And so sometimes that that'll get you to kind of go beyond, you know, what you do in training, just cause that mental, you know, like race aspect of it, everybody gets hyped up. Um, you know, it also gives you a good sense of pacing and just, you know, your ability level. Talking about turning the dials too. I mean, your weekly crit versus your weekly TT, like you just said really astutely, a, a race is a form of a workout that's providing stimulus. So if you're giving yourself two time a week, you know, two times a week, you're doing a really punchy group ride, then you're doing the, the punchy local crit that really doesn't have anybody that out there keeping it fast and keeping it like a high average, uh, average power, and you get a more, you know, really variable, high normalized power, low average power, you're, what are you doing? You're training your anaerobic capacity, like that's gonna have an effect on what you're capable of doing in three, four weeks, you know, maybe it is the effect you want, but maybe it's, it's not, you know, that's something until kind of these more modern training metrics, I never really kind of accounted for in my training. And, and it's something like I didn't do in, in 2020. There's no local crit to go like blow the legs out on. Instead, I'm just doing all Zwift. And guess what? My FTP went up, <laughs> you know, because I'm not doing that anaerobic work. So like, that's that balance. So it's, it's good to have options and be aware of what your training is or what your racing is doing to your, your pro physiological profile. So I've got a question. I'm actually glad that there's a couple of the coaches and experienced people in here. Um, the idea of artificial intelligence and coaching has come up and I was actually, I'm trying to think where this guy was talking to him from. Um, but we were talking about just different trainer road is getting big into saying that they're going to have AI and that it's going to be able to pick a workout better than a human can. And I was talking to Nate about it, their CEO, and he was like, you know, and it was a super friendly conversation. Um, I've reached out to him just more as like a mentor side of like his business and talking about stuff like that. And he made the comment like, he's like, yo, you got to go where the puck's going, right? And I'm like, well, I don't know if AI is where this puck is going. And, you know, I said, you know, WKO is not, going to do AI and he had made the point because you know they have coaches around it and with training peaks and they don't want to eliminate coaching and Nate was like you know listen I don't want people to have to pay for a coach I want them to have the best coaching from the computer knowing more and picking the workouts and so then I was like well now we're really going down two different paths because for a guy like Nate to think that coaching is picking the workouts. I'm like, damn dude, I'll give you, I'll give people a training calendar. It's not going to help them. Like it's, not, it's like anybody can find an online calendar, 
What do you guys think? And this goes back to WKO optimized intervals, which I have some issues with. I don't use them very often. Whereas Tim Cusk is like, oh, it's amazing. It gets you 95% there. And I, I definitely disagree with that. Would you guys use, and not even, not this isn't to like pick on trainer road, but I'm thinking like, is the puck going there? Like when I think of the process of how, like how this conversation started, how do we first think about training? What are we going to train? Even if you knew your energy system, like rearranging workouts, understanding if the athlete executed the workout. Like if it says go do 30 30s and you die in like the second set, like just the, not only the algorithms of this thing would have to know and how much it would have to learn and how much, how is it going to learn the soft side of like, how do you enter? I stayed up all night. I got fired from my job or I got in a fight with my partner. I feel like dog crap today. Like there's just so much that goes into our own eliminate coaching, our own picking of a workout and how we're going to ride that day. Do you guys see AI as something that's even feasible? Like the more and more I think about it, I'm like, this seems more and more not feasible, or maybe I'm just not in tune enough with the technology. And that's my other side of the coin is like, I'm the last guy with the new Garmin like I will probably not change power meters until like, you know, something really bad happens than what I use. Um, even if something new and like better came out, have to be much better. And I don't know. So maybe I'm like averse to technology. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I just think it's, it's an interesting topic. And when a guy like Nate said that, I'm like, huh, that makes me scratch my head a little bit. Well, I was talking to somebody, uh, about in regards to like the, the Dylan Johnson video, you know, the mm. trainer road recently. Mm-hmm. And um, like one of the points that we came to at the end of the conversation was that trainer road people, trainer road's great, but it might attract a, a different type of cyclist. Maybe someone who's looking for something different than, you know, what a coach can provide. Mm. Um, so that could always be, you know, two, two different, two different, you know, choices someone could make. That's a good point. And I think a thing too, with like that trainer road thing, I read through all the, I love that Dylan Johnson. Like I thought it was spot on. And then I went to their forums afterwards and like just saw the fallout, like it's whatever. But it's like, those people are just like, don't want to get on the trainer and just ride easy or do whatever. Like somebody they need like a very structured workout every day. But I think if a computer is telling me to do something or a person, like the accountability piece is completely missing. I think like, like I get the computers like, Hey, do these 30 thirties at this. I could be like, oh, dial that down. Nobody cares. Like the computer's <laughs> going to get mad at me. But like, when you have a coach, the coach is going to be like, you totally like shit the bed at that workout. Like what, what's going on? Like, unless my, it, I, I mean, AI is real for sure. But unless it gets to a point to where I'm going to come home and like training peaks is going to talk back to me and be like, <laughs> that was terrible. Like you need to like step your game up or, figure this out like I don't, I don't really see because i don't think the workouts are the valuable part of coaching right like like you said like optimize intervals if that was the case you could for 100 and whatever bucks buy wko5 load it in and it'd be like monday tuesday wednesday all the way the week this is what you should do every day here's your targets go do it and you're going to go win bike races like but that's not the case right because there's like the numbers are only like the smallest part of like bike racing right like so I think AI, I think it's all, it's cool stuff to look at, 
but like you also need to like take it with like a bit of a grain of salt and have like maybe an outside opinion on the numbers. That's why it's, this kind of stuff's rad to like be able to ask people questions like, what do you think about TTE? And like, you're a gravel racer. Should you chase that or should you do that? Because it's like, nobody really knows because it's all new. And it's going to be 20 years before that's a real thing. So, and like with Trainer Road, like he's obviously like a software engineer. So that's like where his yeah. mindset is coming from. That like I'm an like engineer too in that respect. So like I get where they're all coming from, but it's like, I don't know that bike racing, I don't think, or bike training is like there right now. Or not even close. Because everybody's still learning everything. And if you listen to like even your like podcast today, like it was cruise around in zone two all the time. We're cool. Do those guys need AI like to tell them how to race? Like no. That's like ingrained in their brain since they've been riding bikes, right? Like Yeah. Well, I think you know, I think for like a small portion of folks you know that might be what they need and what they're looking for you know and I think it's it's because I've done some stuff where it's like I've paired with some events that were just you know non-race type stuff you know just rides people trying to do like a century ride or whatever and you'll come out with a you know a structured plan for them that's pretty affordable and they just follow the workouts because they're just trying to get through it you know, and there's a, a big market for that, the non-competitive folks that are just trying to, to get in shape, you know, and that can help um, with the race side of stuff. I just think there's so much more that you have to look at, you know, and like, like you'd said, um, James, it was like the idea that the numbers is only one part of it, right? You know, racing, it's, it's yeah, you've got to have the fitness, but there's so much skill set that goes into some of this stuff as well. You know, where it's like, is the AI going to be able to talk to you about like, you know, when you show up to a race, what do do you do? You know, like, how do you register for crap? You know, like, how do you, um, you know, like just skills type stuff. Like if you're doing mountain biking, you know, it's like, how do you clear obstacles? You know, if you're doing road racing, like, how do you corner? You know, like you see riders that on paper or on the numbers look like a monster and you're like, oh, this, you know, Mm -hmm. this racer should be winning everything right they got that high ftp they've got that high sprint power they go out and do a crit and it's like they're just out the back because they don't know how to ride in a group they don't know Mm -hmm. the the you know just the the little intangibles um that go along with it you know and then like you were saying too it's it's and this is a part that's become more and more like crazy to look at as far as like data, right? You look at it and you're like, oh, I've got the the power numbers. I've got the heart rate numbers. I've got like, you know, all this. I can sit there and I can I can put in all my diet stuff and look at my my calories versus my kilojoules, you know, and all this. And and it's like the whoop thing's becoming big where you're like looking at your sleep hours and like all this stuff. And it's like, how many numbers, I, and I get it, computing power is like, <laughs> you know, getting really good, but you know, it's like, there's so many variables you have to look at. And it's, it's, you know, for all the folks that I've worked with, you know, and I've worked with anybody from like very beginner athletes to like elite level athletes. And it's, it's like very few of the folks that I've worked with, this is their living, right? Like all they do for a living is, is ride and race bikes. So it's, it doesn't count in, like you were saying, you know, you had a long day at work, you, you, you know, i yeah, didn't get great sleep, but I've, you know, maybe you're getting enough calories, but like, when are you eating those calories? You know, is the, is the timing right compared to the type of workout that you're doing? 
Um, you know, like if a, a if an algorithm tells me I got to go out and do a three hour workout and I just go out and do it and I, I fail, you know, is that because the numbers, like my power profile that went into the, the algorithm wasn't correct? Or was it that like, I didn't feed during that, you know, maybe I'm not taking in calories to get through that three hour workout or whatever it may be. Um, so I, yeah, I think, like I said, I think for some folks that, that, you know, it's definitely going to be a thing and I definitely see that like growing, but I don't think everybody fits into that one box, you know, and that's going to work for them. And then, yeah, the accountability thing, you know, I mean, how many coaches have a coach, you know, it's not because you don't know what you're doing. It's sometimes you just need that person, like looking over things and, and, you know, staying on top of you. Dude, you dropped so many good points in there and, and I am freaking laughing my ass off because literally at, <laughs> James just texted me and goes, yo, dude, are you wearing a whoop? And you literally go, and I texted him back, yeah, an athlete sent this to me. I'm trying it out. The sleep data is kind of tight. And he goes, and then you literally go, and now people are wearing whoops and they're all in the sleep data. And I was like, whoa, how did he see that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. So, like, I that was amazing. another video. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's funny because it's like, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, like teammates and, and athletes that have, have gotten into that and, and have used it for, you know, A, there's a, uh, uh, you know, you have to collect the data for a while before it really even knows what's going on. It's the yeah. same thing to do like power profile. You know, like if you're brand new, how does the algorithm really? It doesn't because I just, so I did, I probably have two weeks in here and have to look. And so it's been, James is like, dude, you probably have max strain every day. And so I had the max strain. And then today it was like, you're recovered. You're ready to go. And I was like, I just did a 27 hour week. I'm not ready to go today at all. This thing is not smart, but I think it needs to do some more learning. But yeah. dude, the thing that you said that was awesome was just the demographic is sometimes when athletes start, you know, they're missing workouts and they're kind of skipping around. I'm just like, Hey, FYI, you're starting to like work out. You're riding for working out right now, not to become good at racing. Like this is the plan. Isn't like a pick your own adventure. Everything has a reason. It kind of builds on itself. You know, we're talking about progression and all the basic stuff. And so I think you're, you're right for people that are using it just to get in shape or like, you know, couch to 50 or whatever they call those like rides, that type of thing. I think that'll be good. But um, yeah, interesting. We'll see. I'll be, I'll be curious to see where it goes. The guy who emailed me, I had messaged him. I'm like, cause I, I used to be in the forum a lot and I used to um, like, that's actually really when Evoke started, I was talking to a ton of people on Trainer Road, um, and I've just kind of run out of time. I like the crew over there. I like the people that use it. It is a little bit different of a mindset sometimes, but they're very friendly. It's not like Reddit where people are like, you suck. And it's like, oh, I'm out of here. Um, but I think the guy had said that Nate's going to have a podcast on Thursday that they're going to talk about it. And so I'll be curious to see what people say. Um I don't know. I like what they're doing. They're getting people to get on bikes. It's just so many people that I've talked to. They're like, Oh wait, when I'll, I'll ask them like, what's their long ride? They're like, well, trainer road goes like an hour and a half. Should I ride longer? I'm like, do you want to ride longer? They're like, yeah, I'd love to ride longer on the weekends. I'm like, what? <laughs> Go do it. They're like, I'm confused. They're like, well, I don't know. Now they do outdoor workouts, but before they're like, well, trainer road doesn't have outdoor workouts. I'm like, yeah, go ride your bike. What are you talking about? <laughs> so to the, um, AI, to the AI thing, and I'm not a coach. I'm just a bike rider. Yeah. But part of the reason I have a coach is because I'm really easily bored. 
And mm. I asked my coach, I'm like, make it fun. Give me games. Give me games within the ride so that I can stay intellectually engaged because my body won't do it if my brain's not there. Mm. That's interesting. What, what would excite you in uh, rides? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, like, that's why I'm... I, um, I'm trying to think. So, like, we did these... Uh, there's a hill in town that's got three little humps and uh my coach switched it to like yeah do whatever on the bit but really push it over the top and it just made it just slightly different probably the mm. same amount of workout um I, I don't even know what is being done but just like somebody giving me something to do and something to think about like just think about using your legs this way so I've got something to do with my brain cool um yeah, yeah that's like then, an intangible thing of a coach right is it like yeah. can eke that out of you we're like a some software can't it could be like i figure out how this person's like men mentality is like this is how i can get them to do a vo2 max workout without thinking they're doing like three by four minutes just like smash it on the climbs and, you know like that's where coaching comes in right like, yeah or like what's the de the tech crits the crits in south denver um i had a coach oh yeah the tech center ones yeah 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 and he would do stuff like you can go do that but what i want you to do is move to the front and then move to the back and then move to the front and then move to the back the whole race that's your game you don't you know you just like learn how to work through the pack yep. yeah okay. some of it is like the psychology of stuff right like you're you every athlete has that kind of dip for like different mental landscape you know for me it's like I, I can go out and just do steady state and I can do the same workout every day and be fine with it like <laughs> I don't know I, I don't get bored with it or I can sit on the trainer but you know it's it's other folks, it's, it's, you know, they have to have some of that variability, you know, in, in terms of workout, you know, if you're, even if you're just tweaking minor things, you know, and, and then um, in the bigger picture, especially like in the racing realm, you know, you, I found like a lot of times I felt like I was more like a psychologist than I was, you know, I was like half trainer, half psychologist in some sense, you know, you're doing the, the workout prescription and, and looking at the data and kind of you know, moving things around based on what you're seeing, but it's, you know, the number of times that an athlete going into an event or the day of an event, you know, you get that phone call and they're like, oh, I'm just really stressed out. I don't feel like, you know, or, you know, whatever it may be. It's, it's, that's almost a half the, the coaching side of stuff as well. You know, so I don't, I don't know if people can get that solely through, you know, kind of a digital platform in some sense. Well, also just like process goals. Like, I feel like if you're, if you're on trainer road, like sometimes it can be just black and white. Like you either succeed or you fail. Whereas if you're talking to someone like there, there are victories just within training. That's yeah, huge. You know, that's one, failed, right? you suck. That, that's one thing that AI wouldn't be able to pick out is whether or not an athlete needs to have a win or not where you, you know, may, maybe instead of, you know, they're physiologically should be able to do this workout, but they've, you know, had a bad week and had a couple um, bad workouts, you know, maybe you got to drop the watts or, you know, the, the increase the recovery or something to give them that win you're talking about. That's huge. Cause I remember Patrick, when you were helping me with a couple, like we were talking about VO two max stuff and I was like, this is not possible. And it was even before the tweak, it was you saying, 
but you know what? So-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so said the same exact thing, like try it and do it this way. And like before even massaging the interval, it was hearing that like other people are failing this on their first tries also keep working on it. And it's like, okay, I'm not alone in this. A computer's not gonna be able to tell me that similar to what James is saying. Like, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I need the person to like, no, dude, you'll get through this. Like, keep going. It's like, okay, I'm gonna keep trying. So we've got about eight minutes left before we wrap it up. This is a, an hour went fast. Maybe next time we'll make these longer. This was awesome. Um, what's uh, anybody got a last topic or question or dying thing on their mind? I got a lifting question. Yes. So this is actually a conversation that John and I had, were having today uh, or the last couple of days, rather like doing lifting, like, you know, two, three times a week, but like, in the times we're in, we're doing like home gym. So you have like kettlebells and like maybe like a weighted vest or something. So you can't get those, those max weight, you know, for like that one to five like rep range. And we came up with ideas for things to do, but I was just curious as to what you guys would recommend in not being able to do the max weight. Like what should you do instead? That's, that's an easy one. You should, if you have like kettlebells, like you, like, if, so you're doing like goblet squats or whatever, right? Or like front rack, whatever just slow the motion down like five seconds down and like two up and if like five seconds if you lower like the the when you're going down in the squat like that'll put more i guarantee you like if you just do them normal up and down like you do 10 if you do that like the load that you'll feel from doing 10 with like five seconds down and like one second up will be way more and it will tax you way more than that that's like that's a simple thing to do if you don't have like the heavy weights. It's just like, so I guess it's the eccentric load, I think. Like, I don't know, like the scientific terms, but like you just, you slow that motion down or like if you're doing a pull up, same thing, like do the pull up and then like slowly go down, like keep your muscles under tension a lot longer and you'll get a lot more effect out of that. Same you do with every movement, push ups, pull ups, goblet squats. The only thing I really wouldn't do it under is like single legged, like deadlifts or stuff like that. Cause like, then you might like be able to tweak yourself a little bit, but that's just like the simple stuff. I, I know cause I've like done it before and had like other coaches and people tell me to do the same things, like more like weightlifting wise, like not necessarily cyclists, but like that's the way to like maximize like the weights you have. Ask about weight loss. Go ahead. Uh, can you guys hear me? Sorry, my, my computer's old. Yep. Slow. Yep. Um, I've, 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 Brendan, I've read some of your stuff about, you know, like eating lots in the morning and kind of tapering as you go down or like eating like a king or whatever. Um, I have my, my schedule is such that I work out at pretty drastically different times. Like today I was free, so I could go right at like 2 p.m. when the weather was nice. But then like last night I had to work out at nine after my kid went to bed. Um, so trying to lose, and like for me, I'm, I'm talking like 30 pounds. Obviously, slow is good. I'd rather be fast in three years than, you know, 20 pounds less in a month, you know, or whatever. Um, but try, trying to trying to manage weight loss consistently while also not being able to follow the same kind of like routine every day, if that makes sense. My, my, I think for 
my thought on that one is then that so i was in the same boat of like 35 pounds and this is this is my first i started cycling because i was i remember the exact moment i got out of the shower and i was like damn this isn't a good look anymore like i've gotten heavier than i want to be i need to like do something about this and i put my dad's road bike in my basement and it had like down tube shifters and i bought someone's like you should get a trainer and i was like a coach like no dumbass you put a bike on this thing and you ride in the basement and don't eat chicken wings every day and i was like oh, okay cool and so my biggest thing was like auditing what i was eating and i still joke about it because i didn't understand the nutrition side so if you don't like talk more deeply with Patrick about this he'd be a great person to pick the brain on because I was before riding I was running like 45 minutes a day and I was sitting at a bar and I can imagine the bar stool and I'm eating chicken wings and drinking beer and I'm like yo dude I don't understand why I'm not losing weight no 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 I'm running 45 minutes after work no 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 like had no idea I thought that was going to cut it and so it took me like you probably since you're riding you probably know more than that and I would say, take it to the next level, like really start to think of when you're eating, what you're eating, how does it make you feel like it's work. That's the thing that stinks about. It. It's like, you just got to kind of like, I would food journal, maybe not count calories, but just journal on it. Like have a pad and like, what are you eating? What's working? What's not working? Um, for me, I think, especially as cyclists too, it's like the culture is go for a three hour ride, eat whatever you want. That's really not, the math doesn't work that way. I was going to make a post about that. Cause somebody said to me, you can eat whatever you want. You ride so much. I'm like, dude, I eat so much because I ride so much. Like the, the difference in a five hour ride and a three hour ride, when you really add in, like if you're carb loading and eating on the bike and what you cannot eat, if you're only riding three hours, like the math is not black and white like that. So that's kind of like a really general answer, but I th that's what helped me like really sitting down and be like, all right, what am I putting in my mouth? Like what, what's pause, what, what's going on here? Um, yeah, I guess that was the hard part. I mean, cause you guys talk about like fueling, like in my notes for workout yesterday, Patrick was like, make sure you're taking in carbs, obviously. And that's kind of, you know, become, it's, it's always been what you're supposed to do, but you know, paleo and all that stuff kind of came in whatever the last few years. Um, but I guess, I mean, do you just make sure you're fueling the work and then like getting enough calories for recovery and then just like eat less overall all the other times? Or like what's... Yeah. I, it's, it's That's not... like something I'd like to hear more of you guys talk about is like, I've like talked to like a bunch of people about this subject too is like, and all these like pro cyclists have their own, the guys who do track and stuff. Like one guy who's rad is like Alex Wild, like pro mountain biker in like Santa Cruz, like, whatever it's like how they figure out the, the like base like macronutrient like intake of like just being a normal human being like you're like tde or whatever you call it um and then the way they fill out their calories for the rest of the day so like if they do like you know 1600 kilojoules or cows and rides so that's they add that back in just carbohydrate right so they have their like baseline fat protein carbs and then on top of that, they just add carbohydrate, right? So like, it's something that's new to me because I've like other people I've talked to, like they just have like, they need 2,500 calories a day. They eat that no matter what their workout is or blah, blah, blah. Or like you have your baseline that's say 2,000 and you rode 1,500 kJs. Like how do you like manipulate all those numbers for weight loss, right? It's all just like this weird thing. It's like, not something I like, 
personally like track much or anything, but it's something that's super interesting to me because like a lot of people are in that same boat. Like how do I like train and fuel the workout and lose weight? And, you know, like there has to be some calorie deficit. Like that's like science, like thermodynamics, dynamics, right? Like there's like, unless there's a calorie deficit, there's going to be no weight loss. But like optimizing like bike performance while losing weight is like a tough thing for sure. So uh, I, like that, maybe that'd go on for like another hour, but it'd be interesting to know how like everybody else goes about all that. Patrick, you jump in on this one and then we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. I mean, you're really right, James. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's complicated and what makes sense one day won't necessarily be the right thing for the other day. Um, to wrap it up, you know, Aaron, you were talking about how you had to work out late and then you had to, you sometimes you're working in the afternoon. So I would, I always kind of start like, okay, what does today's workout look like? And where is it in relation to the yesterday's and tomorrow's and kind of plan what you're eating when around that, because you, you, you want to be carbohydrate focused in your meal. That's ideally four hours before your hard workout, three and a half, four hours. So your blood sugars are normalized, but you're, topped off as much as you can, especially because it's hard. If you're doing that at 9 p.m. and then you're supposed to be riding another hard ride first thing in the morning, like you're going to have to carb load like crazy. Like you're going to want to really take in the calories after that workout. But if the next day is Friday and you have a recovery ride, you have to do a recovery ride in the morning. Well, actually it's a great, that's a great opportunity to go not so crazy on the carbs and the refuel and just like let your body gradually refuel itself. And because you'll have that 36 hours before your next hard workout. So you can do your recovery ride in the morning and then have your normal, you know, diet for the next day. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's tricky. It's, it's a really, it's a really tricky thing to, to factor in, fueling for workouts. I mean, even carb adapting requires kind of constant attention to what you're eating when you're eating. It's another thing that's been proven is that you can teach yourself to store more glycogen. So that's like a constant, you're always in class for that. Like you don't get to just take a, take a day off. You, you want to really kind of be a carb focused athlete, but at the same time, you have to, you have to pick when you're going to have those deficits. So I'm being really, uh, strategic about about when you're gonna maybe keep it lean is probably the best way and then you know making sure you're you, when you look back on a week you know you give yourself credit for those times when you really nailed it and you know catch a win and be like I plan to do it here 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 and and like I stuck to my planning cool and that'll fuel your 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 focus for the following weeks and I think if you can, if you have long rides and if they are like Patrick saying, it is followed by a rest day, don't starve yourself, but like come home, eat. I mean, really, and think of count what you're eating on the bike, because if you went out and did a three hour ride, but let's say you're only burning 2000 calories. And then let's say you, you know, it was a super hard session. And so you ate 90 grams an hour that's going to be like almost a thousand calories. You're only a thousand calories in a deficit. That's not that much. And that's why so many 
people they you know i'll talk to athletes they're like i just don't get it this is what i'm riding that i'm like what are you eating they're like well i come on i eat whatever i want i did a three-hour ride i'm like that's the problem like i mean even if i go out and do a five-hour super hard ride and i'm a big dude so i'm putting out a lot of kjs that's a three thousand calorie deficit but that's very abnormal do you know how fast if you come home and eat anything you want i mean you can burn through three thousand because i've you know, we've all been on like a team camp and it's like, I eat a lot, but I'm like, damn, that dude is crushing. I mean, we didn't ride that much. So it's tough, man, but it's definitely work. And I think I would say your action items would be, have you ever, have you ever food journaled? No, I was, I've lost a ton in the last year-ish since I started riding again. Yeah. And I basically come home and eat a pizza and like still wait, lose weight just because I was huge, you know, I'm <laughs> So but I, I haven't really, it's, it's tough with a kid too, but I, I only have her half the week. So. Yeah, man. It's like corny as hell to say, but like nothing worthwhile is going to be super easy. But yeah. if you just take the five minutes and journal and it sounds dumb, but then and journal it before you eat it. Cause if it's like Oreos. You might not want to write that down. Right. It's like, you know, shoot, I don't, I'm not going to eat that now. It forces you to really think about it. And, uh, my last tip would just be if you go off the rails, sometimes it'd be like, well, I ate two cookies, might as well eat 20. Just learn to like cut it at that. Um, just real, real quick, I know we're over a couple of minutes, but um, I think it was John just posted to the group that my fitness pal is a, is a good um, app to use for, for journaling. I agree, I've used it in the past. Um, you know, one thing that I, that I kind of a routine that I get on is, is I'm done eating at eight. And I don't eat till eight the next morning. So minimum of 12 hours between meals on almost every day. And then on Mondays, so Sunday, I'll ride, I'll ride long and hard on Sunday. Say it's a four hour ride on Sunday. I'll fuel uh, post ride. As usual, I'm done eating at eight. But then on Monday, which is a recovery day for me, I don't, I don't really eat at all on Monday. I'll go like today, I didn't eat dinner until or start eating again until 5 p.m. So it was a 21 hour fast post big ride on Sunday, which I fueled for. And now I'm fueling up Monday night for my big ride on Tuesday. So Monday is kind of that day. If I'm gonna, um, if I'm gonna cut some calories, watch, um, you know, watch what I take in, um, that's the day to do it. Now, I don't usually, I don't like giving like advice around food and eating just because it's so individualized and it's, it's, it's a bit of a personal thing, but that's that's what I do um, for what it's worth. I just tried to type, but I actually texted to James on accident. I tried to type to the group, you're making me feel fat because you were just like, I don't eat all day. I was like, damn it, that was not what I did today. <laughs> Yo guys, this was awesome. I uh, will definitely post up about this again. And if people find it valuable, um, hopefully this was, you got some pearl or I thought it was really good to connect with people. And just how Adam had said right from when we started, like just to hear different people's perspectives. And even if we don't agree on uh, a way of approaching a problem, it's really good to hear of other solutions out there. So maybe we'll do another one of these. Um, I know there was a couple of people that's in like the Evoke crew that are in Europe and they're like, you have to do one in the morning so we can come because I'm sorry, I'm not getting up at three in the morning or whatever time it was. So maybe the next one we'll do it like a different time, but 
I think this is probably a good time slot for a lot of people sort of like West coast and East coast. Um, but yeah, tell your friends, uh, thanks for coming. And if anybody has questions, um, for us specifically, it's either Craig, Brendan or Patrick at evoke bike. And, uh, yeah, everyone here is probably contactable through someone else. So if you have a specific question for someone, just hit us up, we'll get you their email and, um, yeah, thanks for coming. Cool. Thanks. Thank uh, thanks a lot. Thanks See you guys. Time.